Pastor Keith Allen. I'm Pastor Summer Allen. And this week's Bible study will be on the tabernacle. And before we got started, I wanted everyone to listen to a just a tad bit of a song. Because it was playing in my head for a reason. I'm going to have to turn my speaker down a little bit because I don't want it blasting on everyone. So if you can't hear it, let me know, and I'll turn it up or down if it's too loud. All right? And this is by the Georgia Mass Choir. I want you guys to hear this song real quick before we got started to get your mindset. To where are we going? You're going on a journey. I would hope so. Check it out if you get a chance. So Father God, we come to you and pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you, dear God, for giving us this time to come to you, dear Lord God, to study in your word, yes, for your increase, dear Lord God, in our wisdom and understanding. Yes, we pray in the name of Jesus right now, dear Lord God, and ask that every heart, every soul, every mind be clear, dear Lord God, of any doubt, any confusion, dear Lord God, to receive your word as pure as it be. We pray in the name of Jesus right now, dear Lord God, and we just thank you, dear Lord God, for allowing us to be able to praise and worship you freely as we can. We pray in the name of Jesus for those who cannot do so, who are in countries that are oppressing those who believe in God and believe in you, Lord God. We just ask in the name of Jesus that you continue to watch over them and bless them, dear Lord God. We just pray in the name of Jesus right now, dear Lord God, as we come to you on one accord, that your word rings true to us tonight, dear Lord God, and that we do not swiftly forget it, but we, but you write this word upon our hearts, that we may carry us, dear Lord God, through this, through this life, and all that you have blessed us with. May we continue, dear Lord God, 
to be thankful for it and not take it for granted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, Tabernacle. As you guys know, I'm going to let somebody go first. Uh, <laughs> so who would like to go first? Anybody? All right, everyone, Acts 7, 4, 5. Acts? Yes. Acts 7. 7, chapter 7, verse 4, 5. Acts chapter 7, verse 4 and 5. You want me to read out the King James? You can. I can read it. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. No, no, you read it. Seven verse, you said verse five, right? Uh Uh-huh. Seven, four, four, five. Oh, seven, four, and five. Okay. Forty-five. Forty-five. Uh-huh. Chapter seven, verse forty-five. Forty-five. Okay. Verse forty-five. I'm sorry about that. No problem. All right. This is Acts chapter seven, verse forty-five. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. Did you say 45? Yes. In the New International Version, it's it's a little different. Go ahead. Okay, the New International Version says, after receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David. That's like every word is just totally different. I know. It just depends on the that's the international, new yeah. international. Okay. It's better yeah. to me. I like that one. All right. That's, that was a spin on it. That's for sure. I thought you would like that one. <laughs> yes, indeed. So we know about the tabernacle. About now, you guys got that little pamphlet I gave you, right? Right. You looked over it, right? Yes. Okay. So we know how the tabernacle works. We know that the tabernacle has the the twelve tribes encamped about it, right? Uh huh. We know that in the center of the of them is the tabernacle, and within inside of the tabernacle lives the the Levites, the priests, the priests, right? Right. Yep. Right. Okay. So. What does this represent? The tribe, the tribes that circle around the camp represent mankind. They are man. But it says, and I got my definitions right here, tabernacle, right? And in um, the Hebrew tongue is mishkan, M-I-S-H-K-A-N, and it means dwelling place. Now, what did God say that he would call his very begotten son that would come to us? So you would call him Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us, and he's dwelling within us. Do you see now? He is dwelling within mankind. Directly, it says, it was directly in the center. They actually have measurements to how far off they were to be camped out from the tabernacle. Wow. Everything is measured. Okay. Directly in the center lives the tabernacle amongst men, within us. Mm. God always knows what he's doing. Always. So Emmanuel, God with us, as Christ is, the priests, 
the high priest, and what was the high priest? In the center of that tabernacle that lies within the center of the 12 tribes. Can I add something to that? Go ahead. Psalms 91. Mm-hmm. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Mm-hmm. I know that by heart. I explain that one because, well, he's talking when he's saying that he that dwells in the secret place, he's talking about the holy of the holy. And a lot of times people don't know that that's exactly what he's talking about. You know, mm-hmm. is that secret place? It's it's in you. It's inside of you. You know, we um talked about that um was a two Sundays ago when I when I had gave a word and um mm-hmm. it was about the holy of holies in you. You know, and God wants to be just like we're physically supposed to go into the holy of holies in the tabernacle. God wants to go into the holy of holies in you. Yes, our secret place, and He wants to dwell there, just like you. Do, like He says, um, if you abide in Me, I will abide in you. Amen to that. Psalm was that summer? A Psalm ninety-one. He that dwell in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And the secret place goes back to the meaning of what you, you know, the meaning you said. What did you say? Center. In the center. In the center. Mm -hmm. And the center is in the center. Center. In you. You. Greater. That's why. That's why I represented the twelve tribes and camped about. That's right. That's why I say if you guys had that pamphlet, and Melinda, I still got to get your pamphlet. I'm sorry. I had it. <laughs> in the car. And we were supposed oh, to get yeah. to see you on Sunday. So I'll get to see you on Friday. Just remind me. Yeah. Okay. So, but notwithstanding, we know the tabernacle was made back in uh, Exodus and all that. They, they started making the tabernacle, right? Uh-huh. But turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 48. Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 30. Now, I'm reading from the New King James Version. No, King James Version. I'm sorry. Now, I'll go ahead and read while you start, guys. Get your... Um, 30, 41? Uh, 48, verse 30. 30 yes. Okay. And it says, And these are the goings out of the city. Now, it's measured, talking about the city, Jerusalem, the new, new city, Jerusalem. On the north side, 4,500 measures, Mm -hmm. and the gates of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel. Their gates northward, one gate of Reuben, one gate of Judah, and one gate of Levi. Verse 32, Mm -hmm. east side, 4,500, and three gates, and one gate of Joseph, one gate of Benjamin, and one gate of Dan. For a reason, so bear with me. Mm-hmm. Verse 33 In the south side, 4,500 measures. In, the, in three gates one gate Simeon, one gate Ishakar, and one gate Zebulon. On the west side, 4,500. With their three gates, and one gate of Gad, one gate of Asher, and one gate of Naphtali. It was round about 18,000 measures, 
and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. Mm-hmm. I read that for a reason, because I'm not even going back to Exodus and, and, and Leviticus and all that stuff. I'm not going there. I'm taking you to the end. Let's roll on over to Revelation. Yep. 
<laughs> now get this. On the east, three gates. Mm-hmm. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. On the west, three gates. Mm-hmm. Did we not just read this in Ezekiel? Yeah. He's like, the tabernacle was already built in, in Exodus and, and, and Deuteronomy and all this stuff. Why is Ezekiel talking about this thing like it, it ain't happened already? Mm-hmm. Right? Ezekiel wasn't talking about that little tent building they, that they, they, they had them built. He was talking about a spiritual place. Mm. So people are probably looking at Ezekiel like, dude, we know this story already, right? You tell us something we don't know, mm-hmm. right? We know the ending to this. No, you don't know this ending. This is a whole new twist. And he says, he says, now, at 14, and the wall of the city had what? Twelve, twelve foundations. And in them, the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Mm. You had the twelve tribes of, of Israel, and you had the twelve apostles. Mm-hmm. Matthew, John, Mark, Bartholomew, and all of them gathered about, right? Mm-hmm. So, now get it. They're the foundation. So that should hint at you and tell you where your foundation needs to be, for one. Understand their walk, understand what they had to go through to walk with Christ, and after he had passed away and resurrected, the same thing that they, things that they had to go through and establish God's kingdom on earth. Mm-hmm. It's the foundational work that you have to put in in order for the gates to be built on a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay? Verse 15, and he that talked with me had a golden um, reed, to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof, and the city lieth four square and the length as large as the breadth and so forth and so forth. And he says, and he says, 12,000 furlongs, the length of the breadth and the height of it all were equal. Verse 17, and he measured the wall thereof at 140 and 40, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. Nineteen through twenty should blow your mind, because we talked about this for a while about Aaron, the high priest, and something that he wore on his chest and on his shoulders. The ephod and the breastplate, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, re- what that breastplate and that ephod represented, right? Remember, we talked about we're talking about Lucifer, right? And it says yeah. this: and the foundation of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, and so forth. I'm not going to read them all. But if you read every last one of them, the exact same stones were on Aaron's breastplate. Now they are in the spiritual realm with God, making up New Jerusalem, which is the city in which everyone dwells, which is the heavenly place. So you see how important those stones were. God doesn't say anything. That's what I told you. I, just, I know the Old Testament can get a little boring and repetitive, but he does not say things just to say them. 
Everything means something when God says something. And definitely he was he was explaining more. <clears throat> he was you know, because back in the Old Testament, there's a lot of things that people that said that, like even to get today, is misunderstood because they didn't have the meaning behind it. But everything with the New Testament explains it. Mm-hmm. It, it redefines it or it, um, you know, um, gives you confirmation mm-hmm. to what was said, you know, in the Old Testament. So it is, it, it has a deeper meaning mm-hmm. than just the face value. Yeah, as I was looking across today and this as well, the topic, I came across this that said um, God gave specific instruction. Um, back to what Pastor was saying, God gave specific instruction about the size and the different parts of the tabernacle and mm-hmm. the material to be used for each each part. So um, it's like the writer was trying to say, you know, everything is important to God. You know, when he gave specific um, instruction, he, he means that that instruction be carried out. And um, it's like they were trying to say, even though Moses was from, he know a lot about art and those stuff because he was raised in um, Sarah's house, he didn't, right. differ, he didn't differ from what God had told him because he, he could have differed and tried to put his liquor thing into it, but he keep to that instruction that God has given him. Um, mm-hmm. And as the church, the church does not realize, you know, to heed, the, the heed to do everything um, exactly as God um, still wants us to be. In other words, still want us to, you know, know, nowadays people will just say it's a different time so we can do whatever we want. But it, the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. So if God said be holy, it mean it doesn't mean go around that to be holy. It means exactly that you must be holy. You know, for I am holy. As the whole thing about the tabernacle is that it was a holy place. You yeah. know, and um, at, at certain times they would be given the instruction to set themselves apart before they come anywhere near where the presence of God is. So um, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, we are even reminded that, do you know that we are the temple and God, God's spirit dwelleth in you? You know, so we become that temple now in which once um, we, we never have this access, but because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we know that rent is in too. We know that have that access to go to the, the throne of grace for ourselves. So um, it is important, as Pastor has said, that everything that God said um, is very important regarding the ark, and so is our daily life now, you know. We can, because we are not no more living um, under the law anymore, we are like Ananias and Sophia, so we may not um, chop down and die, but, you know, we're going to be held guilty before God, if we take whatever commandment God has given us, life. Right. Amen. 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 <laughs> to think it back on her, that's why God said, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." Yeah. He said that for a reason as well, and we're gonna find that out. Um, reading further into chapter twenty-one, it says the gates had twelve pearls. 
on verse 21. And every, every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Mm-hmm. All right. So <clears throat> this is where this is where God God's word when He says, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." Yes. This is where it matters. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Again, mm-hmm. that's why I played that song, "Walking in the Light." In the light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Verse 24, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. <laughs> <laughs> and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut all uh, at all by day, for there shall be no night there. That's it. And they shall bring, I'm sorry, I, I skipped over and there should be no light um, light in it, right? And he says in verse 27, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Is what he kept saying. He said about three times in the Bible, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." And a lot of people think, "Well, how can you be perfect? You're not going to be perfect in the flesh, but through Christ you are." Yes. Through Christ you are. The law is fulfilled through Christ, which is perfection. The law is fulfilled, is perfected through Christ. And if you follow in His footsteps and His guidance, be ye holy, for I am holy. Then you can walk in through those gates. But without that, you are not to enter. Again, the cherubim that stands before Eden, making sure that nothing defiled comes within. This is why Adam and Eve were booted out of Eden. It wasn't them, it was the transgression that they did. So had they corrected themselves, they actually could have went back in. That's why the cherubim was sitting there. That's why he says an angel is at every gate. A cherubim is at every gate. Mm-hmm. Telling you, I will allow you to come in if you are holy. But if you are not, you cannot come back. Well, flesh can't enter in nowhere, as you said in the beginning. Right. So imagine that bouncer sitting at that club you're trying to get in. <laughs> All right? <laughs> so you ain't coming in because you don't fit the bar. <laughs> Literally. Right? Yeah, you're on the list. So. Your name ain't in the book. So I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'll let, I'll let y'all have it. Can I, can I, I ask I something? I don't yes. talk enough. I was trying not to run my mouth, <laughs> but I can't help myself because you just did something here. <laughs> and Mama Ruth got to get up now. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to go back real quick to verse 11. I can't see Carly, but I'm going to read this. In verse 11 in Revelation 21, having the glory of God. Is that bigger? Yeah, Thank you, Dorothy. Oh, bless his name. Okay, where's 11? Right here. Having the glory of God and her, let's keep our eyes on her, light was like unto a stone most precious, 
even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. So before I move to the next one, if that's all right, Minister, because you know I, I try to be under wrap, <laughs> but y'all don't invite me to come and not say nothing. <laughs> that's why I stay home sometimes and don't get on the phone. Okay. It said her light in verse 11. So I want you to hold on to that, okay? Her, point to yourself, light. If you remember in the beginning, Minister Allen mentioned the meaning of the tabernacle. And he said the center. Am I correct? Yes, ma'am. And the center is the secret place of the most high God. That is the Holy of Holies, in the center. Now, go back. Where's another one? I'm going to drop something. i got to jump somewhere. And I'm going to take this back in a minute because I'm going to need the big one. Okay? <laughs> right where you were here. Where was I? Uh, right where it said, hmm, 22. Okay. You want that? Take that. that one. 22. I'm going to take her Bible. <laughs> now, go to 22, and I'm going to give it back to Minister Allen, because that's why the Lord don't let me get on the phone all the time. Okay. <laughs> Verse 22. And I saw no temple, after they talked about the gates, mm -hmm. therein. Now, again, remember her. So you always repeat. Okay, we won't talk about that. Point to yourself. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are, they are, are. The temple, portrait yourself. The temple. Yeah. Are the yeah. temple. Greater is he that's in you than he that's within the world. Mm -hmm. 22, and I'm going to bring this ball home, I think. <laughs> and I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, what does it say? Are, are the temple. Say that again. Are the temple. Who is the temple? <laughs> the are. God Almighty and the Lamb. Thank you. 23. <laughs> And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. Okay, I think that. And the nations of them which are, okay, it was something. The whole point is you can't come in the, the city or, or into the tabernacle without first, as it said, in the center. You've got to get in the center of the tabernacle, which is inside of yourself, and you've got to bring yours in. As it said, her, she brought hers in. She brought her glory, and the glory filled the temple. There was no need for, what did it say, the sun and the moon to shine because the sun and the moon was in her. Greater is he that's in you than he that's within the world. Is that clear? Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you your Bible back, husband. I don't want to run away with you, okay? Keith may put me out of the house. <laughs> I get a little bit excited. Look at that. Minister Keith, I, I bow back down. <laughs> that, that you have to see really deep in what she was saying, though, too, is that you have to understand that it's not everything that is outward. It is everything that is internal. Absolutely. Our walk in God is completely internal. It's not external. It's not about what, how many, you know, scriptures I can read. It's not about how many days I can be in attendance to the church. It's not about, you know, all these things that are outward. Those things help you to enter in. That's the secret it. Place. That's it. They help you to mm -hmm. enter into the secret place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we, at, every time we talk about the tabernacle, we talk about, you know, the representation of the tabernacle, mm. that we go into the gate and we stand at the altar and we bow down at the altar, we cry at the altar, we go up to the altar every Sunday and we like, Lord, the altar, right? 
but we don't ever go behind the altar. The veil. We don't go behind the veil. We don't go yes. into the secret place of the holy. The holy. Yes. We, we, we stop to that, to that superficial level with God, and we stop right there, and we don't go any deeper. But that's why God's saying go deeper. And like you have said, it's on the inside. It's on the center of me. Yes. Go into the center yes. of me to find God. And to know that the veil is the flesh. Yes. The veil was ripped. <laughs> the veil was ripped. That's, that's, that's symbolic of Jesus being ripped, his skin being ripped for the sins and iniquities that of ours. Right. So the veil represents your flesh. You can't go into the Holy yes. of Holy. Yes. Right. And I'm going to get on back in my seat over here. Because you got me fired up. <laughs> they should have started me. <laughs> I know I don't know how to act. I'll be right back. Okay. So the thing is, is that even at the center of the tabernacle, even at the center of yourself, it is not everything. Like I have one of those quotes where it says to find, you know, um, quiet times, to be still. And know that he is God, finding that silence in, in your mind. Mm. This is where God resides. He doesn't reside in the noise. Mm. He doesn't reside in the clutter. That's the reason why it's so hard for us to even be able to meditate, because there's so much clutter that's going around. And it's the same thing with the tabernacle itself, because the tabernacle on the outer court is what? A, a bunch of noise. It's a bunch of people. You concerned about your brothers and your sisters? You sitting out in the pew, right? You sitting amongst amongst the people. We were talking about how, uh, you know, on Sunday, how you can look out and you can see things, but you're looking at the outer court. Yeah. You're looking at what's going on in the outer court and all the little things that's going on. You know, people. You know, oh, I don't like you. You don't like. I don't like what you got on. Okay, you that came to church looking like blah blah blah. All that's out of that's outer court. God is saying internal, get press, press past, you know what I mean? Get, yeah, get yeah. into that secret place with me. Don't pay attention to everything that's on the outer. Get past that. Get, get beyond that. Mm -hmm. Get into that holy of holy place. Let me feed you on that level. Well, you know, can I add to that? Yeah. Yo, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Around. Go ahead. Y'all yeah. just put me in a straitjacket if you have to. I sure will. Can I go there? <laughs> Let's go back to Genesis. You know, before the fall, right? They were in their glorified state. Now that you get the scripture, you can do that another time if you want. <laughs> but when they sold the fig leaves, represent skin. That's a skin, yes. like our flesh. And that's what God is trying to get us to go back to where He was trying to get us to get to go to. Right. Yeah. And that because we were in the glorified state right. prior to. Yes, Remember, if you look at it, it was red mud clay like. It was red clay. Then He made Adam out of it. Say Amen. That's the myth. Okay, so what God is doing is trying to get us back into the original plan right. of before we we uh we lost it, mm -hmm. and that is into the in, into the behind the veil, and it's not in the flesh. It is in you when you go beyond the flesh and you go deep within the center, brother. Yeah. Woo, glory to God. You go into the center of the depth. Behind the veil of the flesh, and you enter into communion, consummation yes. with yes. the Spirit of God. Baby, you're going to go into a quantum leap, and I'm trying not to go there. I really am trying to stay on the runway, <laughs> but I'm about to be lodged out thanks to these Allens over here. 
<laughs> and I'm going to give it back to him, but I think you guys got that, right?
uh, Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was supposed to go into the Holy of Holies. It was his turn to go in there to lead the sins of the people for that year. Because they only go in there once a year. But did, do you guys know that they actually tied a rope around each priest's ankle when they walked into the Holy of Holies? Yes. With a bell. You want to know why? Because if you're going to Rome, you fall dead. And ain't nobody going in there to get you out. They will pull you out by that rope. That's how serious communion is. That's how serious it is. You have to consecrate yourself. They consecrate themselves for a whole year. They try to make sure they get a right before they go before God. Yeah. Christ is trying to show us in the communion, do this in representation of me and remember me in this way, but do it right. Don't make it an every first Sunday thing. Christ ain't an every first Sunday thing. It's serious business. It is, but again, we get stuck here. We claim to do this, but we do it all wrong for the wrong reasons. Yes. And when we do do it, we still don't get no enlightenment from God. Because mm-hmm. we, we don't put the value on it that should be there. We don't take the care to, to, to option the spirit of God, to, to worship him like we should, and to and respect the process. And enlightenment, too, to break that down a little bit more, though, too, is that enlightenment is the same thing as revelation. It's illumination. illumination. It's showing you something that you have never known before, showing you something that you've never seen before, showing you something that you never understood before. Um, that comes by opening yourself up, emptying, um, emptying yourself out, being prepared to receive something that is new. So that's what we have to do, especially when we're, when we're entering in that secret place with God. We have to have that mindset. And even if it is a, a, a something that you say every time, Lord, I come to find out something new. Mm-hmm. Even if that's your prayer, if that's what, what you know, you, you decide when I come into this prayer, and, and uh, I think one time... Um, Nadine had, uh, she, she uh, Marco pulled me by accident. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know she went. Oh, but, but I don't know Marco she was like, I got to go into some supplication. I've got to go into <laughs> It's just a deep prayer. I want some deep supplication. I was just looking at this like, what is she talking about? But I, but I know she, you know, she was needing to just empty herself out to receive an answer. But <laughs> but that's how, and maybe, you know, maybe God was letting me see that to say that that's how we enter in every time. Mm-hmm. Every time we pray. Every time we go into the Holy of Holies, I'm seeking out an answer. I want to know the revelations of you, God. I want to be enlightened. You know, like you said, walking in the light, the beautiful light. Ain't it wonderful? wonderful. I'm a light shine. <laughs> so we got we to gotta go into the, in expectation, in expectation that I'm about to walk in the light. 
Amen. Every time I, that, that's a deep level. Well, it is. And can I add? Amen. Yeah. I'm gonna add something. I'm take. I'm, can I go a little deeper? Yeah. Please do. I'm gonna use an example. You need a bigger spoon. That <laughs> <laughs> one. Okay. When you say uh, enter into the light, uh, or when you get to baptism, whatever. Let's use an example. When you get married, just like uh, when you get. When you receive the Lord as your personal Savior, that is the yeah. first level of entering. Yes. Okay? It's the same thing as a wedding vow. That is a covenant that's being taken place. So that first vow that you take, you made a covenant in your marriage. But it's, the marriage is not sealed till you leave the, art, uh, the altar and you begin to live in the life of a couple, of a trinity. You're now married. The same thing with God. When you, when you approach the throne room of grace, you have actually taken on a vow, but after you leave there, you've got to go back to the center. The couple, the oneness, become one. The two shall become one. And now there's another level behind the veil of consummation. Right. The consummation will illuminate you. It will change you because it's not fleshly no more. It's spiritual. You got it? Yeah. It will give you something to, to, to suck on a little bit. Okay, just suck yeah. on that. Okay, and then every level, because he says, I'm new every morning. So once yes. you go behind the veil and you consummate, it ain't in a church building, but it's in the oneness of the consummation and the spirit. Just like Nadine and you and your husband and some minister Alan and Keith, they are one, that you guys walk in oneness. You don't see that too many times with couples. You guys have the same yes. mind. You have the same passion of the Spirit of God. And so you are walking in oneness. There's been a consummation. So the two have literally become one. There's a lot of couples that are not. You guys have actually had uh, the Lord's Supper on a whole nother level. So as you grow in that, and now that you taste it, and you now see that the Lord is good, now you hunger for more, both of you. You see? And now you're going into behind the veil and the different levels of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. All right? Yeah. Is that too much? <laughs> Melinda? Is that all right? Look at Melinda over there. <laughs> Look, maybe like, where's my husband at? <laughs> That's right. Married. That's right. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. I wanted to share with you guys. Yes. So um, this is from uh, Hebrews 9-11. But Christ came as high priest of, of good things to come. Yes. And a greater and more perfect tabernacle that made with hands. That is, is not of this creation. Yes. So um, the tabernacle is, is kind of symbolic to the heavenly, as you guys were saying, the same in heaven and yes. around the throne and all that stuff. So he is not of um he is not of this creation. And um again I'm gonna jump over to um first Corinthians six nineteen or do you not know that your body Come is on, the temple of the Holy Spirit That's it. who is in you whom you have from God yes. as you did and you are not your own. So really, those are two of the ones that really, really stood out to me. Mm -hmm. And um, jumping back to the first one is to say that God, God the tabernacle 
because this is a thing that we should be doing. We don't just pray over our food every time we get it for a reason, people. Yeah. It's a reason why we do that. Mm-hmm. We were in remembrance of Christ. Mm-hmm. See, it was a feast yeah. again. Get away from the crackers and the juice mm-hmm. and think about an actual meal, and that's what it is. Because that's what Christ came to say. Because when you read about people going through and on the, the years of Jubilee and on every, I think, three or four years after you tithe, you go, and as it says, to a place where God will put his name, in other words, the house of God, mm-hmm. and you will, whatever your heart desires, you take your tithes and offerings, and that's what you get. Whatever your Amen. heart desires. Mm-hmm. Tithes and offerings goes very deep, and a lot of people misuse them and, and misuse people about tithes and offerings. But we're not going to get there tonight. We're going to stay on tabernacle. What I'm just saying is Christ got you all the way to the communion part in the holies. He had placed each and every one of us, boom, right there in the holies. Mm-hmm. Now he stands before God in the holy of holies, petitioning for us. Now he's our high priest. He's our high priest that can walk in there without. So we don't have to wrap a rope around his ankle. So we don't worry about him, right? <laughs> so he can go in there and he can petition for us freely, knowing that, hey, come on in here. God wants to talk to you, all right? Because I know he ain't going to drop dead like Aaron's sons, right? And you're all good. But we don't even want to go in there. We sit there and we like, wait a minute. I don't want to be in the Holy of Holies. I want to go all the way back to the altar. Because that's what we're yeah. doing. What, what do we say at churches every Sunday? Come on down to the altar and give your life over to Christ. I don't need to come to the altar. I need to go to the holies. That's what you should be. That's what you should be. Uh, it's reminding me of um, the Greek Orthodox service that I went to recently. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. Like, the church is beautiful and singing and all of that. But it just, I remember thinking, like, up at the front, they had, like, the altar, but it had, like, these, like, partitions that you could sort of see through. But, but it was, like, you know, it's meant to be, like, this shroud of mystery, and only the pastors could go, you know, the priests could go up there. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. Like, they had to put up all these trappings, like, all these formalities. It's like, why? Like, I felt very restricted. I'm like, don't, don't feel bad. I'm uncomfortable going there, so they have to put all these trappings up to sort of, like, not have to go there, I guess. Yeah, don't feel bad, because even in, 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 no matter which church you're going, a lot of pre- priests or preachers, ministers, whatever you want to call them, they don't like for anybody if you ain't ordained some kind of way to be up on the on the pulpit. Yes. Why? In other words, that's a restriction. They, they, they automatically already handicapped you. Like, all the change, here you go, lockdown. They want they want you to stay on the outer court with the women out there. Way back yeah. there. Don't even come this way. The sacrifice already been made. But that's why it's, under, that's why it's, it's so great to understand that the tabernacle is not flesh and blood. No. It is not even here. And even behind that veil that you like you said, in that church, it's not even behind that veil. I don't even have to go back there. It's the thing. It's symbolic. It's, it's symbolic. Yeah. That's the structure they read. That's why when Jesus came, the Pharisees and everybody, they didn't like him because he was coming to unveil. He was unveiling the revelation, the illumination of what he really meant. But they had set up the law by it. They set up the tabernacle on earth 
and they, they, they set it up as it is, it is instructed in the Bible, but it was a deeper thing than what we're yeah. reading in the book. Mm-hmm. There is only enlightening those that go behind the veil, going back to the beginning, going back to the yeah. center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad went into the church and tore it up. Yeah, because when he got when he got when he, when he was crucified and when he finally gave up the ghost, when he finally gave up the spirit, the veil in the temple actually ripped. That's right. From top to bottom, it ripped. Mm-hmm. So, because God said yeah. that He will put a veil over the eye, over the eyes of the children of Israel, but until this happens. And so yeah. that's what he did. When he said that veil was ripped, in other words, that angel that's standing guard saying, "Now I okay, I can let somebody in. You, if you if you if you are holy enough, you can come in." But before then, he was like, "No." <laughs> so the veil is ripped. Your eyes are open, right? Yes. You don't have to worry about fifteen Hail Marys. Uh, Five cows, a duck, a, a, a pigeon, you know, and a partridge in a pear tree. You know, you don't have to worry about all that crazy mess, right? You just go and do what you do for Christ. And that's what yeah. you do. And that Pastor Keith is also yes. understanding freedom. Because that yes. made it, Jesus Christ has made it so easy for us. But it's like mankind still wants to be tied to all that burdensome stuff. Like, you can't believe that salvation is so full and free. Because yeah. it really is full and free. So we, we try to go to the altar, look, you know, put ashes on our head, look mournful, because we want to portray. We don't realize that this gift is really real. And it's so free that you, this is one thing that you don't have to work for. That's right. Right. So, because we, in our infinite, in our finite mind, we're still thinking that, oh, God, we still have to do something. But the scripture reminds us that it's full and Mm -hmm. it's free. There is no lack in salvation. Right. So, um, I I just wanted to add that. Amen. Okay. All right. Go ahead and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I have to throw my two cents here because I, I I forgot to say this earlier, and I apologize. I should have got it out earlier. You have like a dollar and change talking about two cents. <laughs> 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 no, but no, serious. Because a lot of people, you know, you, you, you see all these movies, you see all these documentaries, you hear all these uh, people always talking about, you know, they're looking for the Garden of Eden, they're looking for Noah's Ark. And all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If you read what we just read, the Garden of Eden was that tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Noah's Ark consisted of what? Two of every living creature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That represents mankind as a whole, those tribes of Israel that were gathered around what? The tabernacle, the Garden of Eden, and inside of the Garden of Eden was what? That ark, the Ark of the Covenant, which sits right there, which encompasses everything. And it says that we will what dwell in that city, mm-hmm. in that light, mm-hmm. that light that shines upon that ark, mm-hmm. Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. covenant, mm-hmm. the covenant that Christ made with us. 
So where's the ark that Noah built? Where's Eden? It is that New Jerusalem. It is that heavenly place where we all will be. That's, right. That's what they represent. That's what the ark represented. An encompass of all mankind. Mm-hmm. Everything that God built and made upon this earth was in that ark. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to go back and read that because it wasn't just two of everything. They took four and eighths of some things. Mm-hmm. Read it over again. It wasn't just two. Mm-hmm. And read the words very, very carefully. And you will get a new revelation from that passage. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had that. I thought you were going to, were going to dig into the bottom of the ocean. I well, no, I, I got to leave you something to. Make it too deep. Nope. <laughs> awesome word. Got to leave you something to do, so hey. Awesome word. I'll leave it there. so cool that um, I was talking to one of my sisters, and my sister was saying, just to piggyback off Debbie, that um, it's so it's so conniving and 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 trickery, just the, the character of the enemy. That when we were in bondage, seen as slave and, and tied up, we think that we were acting our privilege and accepting Christ. Like for me, I didn't have a terrible sin. Like I wasn't I wasn't on stage thinking like, oh God, please save me a blind. I was having fun in sin. I didn't have a bad time in sin. I was having fun. Tell the truth. Shame and it I down. That, no, some people might. I was. I was. So, uh, one of the things is that, um, wait a minute, baby, go to that, please. One of the things that he let me think I was free. But now <laughs> yes. that I was free and really free indeed, uh-huh. we often yes. allow ourselves to feel it's like we are in bondage or to do bondage, and, yeah. and the performance and the, the all of the rigmarole mm-hmm. to bind up yourself and keep yourself in bondage when mm-hmm. you are really free indeed. And when he had you bound, he lets you think you were free. So it's this mind game and, 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 and it tricks so much of us that are uh, Christians that, that we, we, are, we are free indeed, but we wrap ourselves in all of this bondage and and unnecessary stuff that we do and it's like we're still preaching Jesus and salvation and freedom and we're not living in the freedom and the abundance that we're preaching. Uh, so people mm. think that it's very hypocritical because right. yeah. you know, look at That's right. I was saying to my husband that if I'm going to do God, I'm going to do God. <laughs> That's if right. I'm going to talk about miracles, I want to see the miracles. That's right. If right. I'm going to talk about Jesus' faith, I've got to see faith. Uh-huh. Because if I'm selling a product that I am not convinced about, mm. then I will be. That's <laughs> right. That's false advertising. Absolutely. And you're not going to play on it because you don't believe it. Well, I got a scripture. I got a scripture here to piggyback what you said, which was First Corinthians 10 and 29. It says, conscience. I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty or my freedom, why is my freedom judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that for, for which I give thanks? 
whether there, therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all the glo- uh, to the glory of God. It's like, why are you judging every little thing that I do? And why is it the things that I do is judged by the conscience of another man? Everything I do, I do for the glory of God. So why am I seeking fleshly, conscious judgment of another person? I'm supposed to be seeking for the spiritual. And that's the only way that you're going to be able to get into the holy of holies, if you let go of the conscious judge. And even yourself and your own self, your own self-judgment, it will continue to bind you. Like you had said, those shackles, let me take them shackles off my feet. Let me take my own shackles that I put on myself, the shackles of my own mind and my own mindset. Because even when I look in the mirror, I judge myself. Even when when I do things, I say I am limited. You know, even Mm -hmm. like I can't blow a bubble, Mommy. Show me how to do it. And Mama Ruma's mm-hmm. like, you can do all things. <laughs> Through Christ, yeah. <laughs> Through Christ that strengthens you. Uh, you know, you yeah. can blow bubbles if you want to. But I caught that, too, that your mindset, you have to understand yeah. that everything I do, and even in my seeking of God, in the depths of God, I have to know that I can get there. I have to understand and I have to believe it. I know I can I can be into that intimate place with God. I know it I expect it. Every time that I get in his presence, I expect it. Yes. I expect God to show up and show out. I expect God to reciprocate. I expect it. It's just like you have said it's a consummation with me and my husband. I'm not I'm not uh thinking that my marriage is not gonna get it and I ain't gonna be no consummation. No, we gonna consummate. <laughs> we we about to consummate this thing. I have been holding my peace. <laughs> Look, I have been holding my peace and let the Lord fight my battle. <laughs> we gonna consummate. <laughs>
Oh, sorry, we got two people. Go, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know who was going first here. Yeah. No, but um, we're we're laughing. But seriously, what Summer said about we can do all things. I I really I'm not sure if we really understand what that is saying and how much power. Because remember that we are to have dominion over all things. And we yes. should go out and possess. So. As I'm going through and, 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 like, different things are coming up, you know, I'm realizing that, you know, I, 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 I am able, I am able to, through Christ, the Christ that lives within me, I am able to overcome this or I'm able to do this. One of the things, too, is that, uh, um, and, and, and it's hard sometimes to wrap your, your mind around um, the physical and the spiritual and the anointing and um, walking out and, and talent, because when right. anointing meets talent, it, I'm telling you, it's mind-blowing, and, and th- therefore, we walk under what we call, um, we walk and we live in abundance, and we walk and we live out of plentiful, right? So I'm, 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 as I am going, I'm wrapping my mind around I can do all things, which means my marriage will not fail, which means that I will have not only a house in a neighborhood that is nice, but I will have a lighthouse in my neighborhood. I can do all things, meaning that my car that I drive, it, 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 it is going to be the Holy Spirit possessed me. So in that, it's going to be extremely extraordinary. Because I am under the anointing, and under the anointing is when you get to really realize that I can do all things, and, yes. there, and therefore, with the Holy Spirit, therefore, um, what does that mean? What does it mean, and how much of it do I understand in my very daily living, and having that coming through as I walk, as I go forth, as I, even at work, because work for me, it's like the, the um, it, work is the mission field. So um, when I go to work, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm on the mission field. How does I can do all things um, um, come out? And how, that, how does that play out? You know, when everybody else is crumbling and looking, you know, hopeless and sounding a, a different kind of way. What does I can do all things mean? And in those difficult times, how does that come comes out? So that just put a part of me because I'm trying to live that out, right? And the different parts of the Bible, trying to just make that soak within my spirit, right? When things right. around me look at a, a kind of way and it doesn't look like it's going according, understanding that God is setting me up. And this level, this level that I'm on, it, it's taking me this at what I'm going through. I have to go through this in order to get to the next level, right? Because we're not going to be exempted from trials and troubles and all the other stuff that comes into this work. But, amen. Amen. And that's so true what she said. Because uh, I just wanted to say one quick thing of what she was saying is when we're seeking God for an answer, just repeating back what we were saying earlier, enlighten me in that. You see what I'm saying? Like, when it comes to that, enlighten me in that. Go ahead. Uh, Conrad, you have have something, Conrad? Yeah. um, I I was reading up on uh, what you're talking about, um, washing up. And I realized what what it said, too. If if 
you don't, if you're not being um, clean, mm -hmm. you will die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the next, but what I, I was reading about you, um, the, for the, the tabernacle to move, is the Levi after the tabernacle. That is and correct. And they have to set it up also. That is correct. Nobody could not do yeah, you can't you can't touch the ark unless you unless you are uh, appointed to do so. Um, Exodus forty verse thirty eight. It says, "So so the call of the so the call of the Lord was over the tabernacle. The call of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the." Coats by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their traveling. Mm -hmm. But by the daytime they followed this particular cloud. Yeah. And then at nighttime they followed the 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 the, uh, the light, the fire, through the night. And that's how he guided them through their whole time. He was always there with them. Yeah. It was um the topic with tabernacle um I really learned a lot from it. Mm -hmm. Uh for the tabernacle I should say you're the first person I know that I'm talking about tabernacle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, because I never hear much preacher talking about a tabernacle like this. And just like you're speaking about the tabernacle, like I was like lying down and my wife was Listening to the the Bible, reading to her, and they're talking about the tabernacle, and they were talking about the way oh, they're so specific with all this stuff, with the linen and how much size and all. And I was like, wow, yeah, I didn't know God was so specific with measurement and all of that, you know. So it's it was it's it's great. Yes, it is. Well, like you even being a builder, you know that if something is not built correctly, the whole house will fall. Yes, 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 that's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you walk you, you by an inch and it just ain't going to be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it throws yeah. everything else off. So, But God was particular, like you said, he had a particular person to make sure that this guy was like the architect for the art that he said he made him, you know, um, mindful of all the, the the ways and the works of all the, the the metals and all the other stuff that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. um, so just imagine the architect getting together, putting up some blueprints and saying, "This is what we need. Mm -hmm. This is how we need to do it." You know. So, and we'll we'll one day we'll visit the adornment of Aaron's robe and all his getup. We'll do that one day because I want to enlighten you guys on that as well, so you'll understand what the high priest and his <clears throat> and his um, garments mean. Oh, what well, then we're going to Israel? <laughs> sure, sure. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Pastor. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, growing up, I, I used to always see in the Bible um, the priests, or they have. I never know all these stuff, and the priest was. Um, was there everything I would need as far as like the breastplate, even the the rope that he has on his head. Now I'm yeah. I'm looking at this the, there, mm -hmm. and it's tracing all these stuff. I, I didn't know, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Even those rope that at the tips of his 
comments. You know? Yes. You like her songs. Uh, yeah. Tassels. 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 Yep, tassels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all means something, but that's the way God works. That's why we, you know, we have to get an understanding of everything. Um, like I said, the Old, the Old Testament is your word. What happened is, as the New Testament says, mankind came with a misunderstanding of it all, and they kind of ruined it for everyone. So Christ had to come down. Because no one was fulfilling the law, so Christ had to come down and give everyone an understanding of what God truly meant about his word when he gave those commandments in the old days. Because, again, like they said, you tell one person something, by the time you get to the 50th person, it's all changed. You know, hey, the sky's blue, by the time you get to the 50th person, they said the sky was red. And it got red, blue stripes on it, and it's like it's nothing what it was originally saying. Right. Yeah. So it, it changes. So Christ had to come, like they said, and give it to you from the direct source of what God truly meant by His commandments. Amen. The sacrifice that that always made, like the lamb, and for Christ came, He became a lamb, lamb. and He. No more of that. No more of those sacrifices of, of the deliberately lamb, but he they call it the lamb of God. You know, and yep. now we don't have to kill no. Yeah, can, can you can you imagine us out there slicing the, the the throat of a goat every every night? You know, <laughs> trying to get ourselves right. <laughs> <laughs> you killing all your livestock. You ain't got nothing to eat. <laughs> But, but yeah, God is a great God. He's a great God. And he's Amen. a wonderful He's a wonderful counselor. That's what his word is. Counsel to us all. Amen. We need to get that in mind. Uh, Pastor, I wanted yeah. to say something too about the measurements. Um yeah. Sister Faith said way back earlier when we first started about how we have to be specific with the measurements and um even the ark of Noah, how he had to measure the stuff right because he had to fit in all the animals, all the people, all the food. Um, yep. And to me, I take that as we have to measure up to the word of God in our lives so that yep. we don't have chaos because if he wasn't obedient, then it would have been chaos and things wouldn't work out. So we have to measure up our lives with the word of God. So that our life is not in chaos all the time, and so that we can make it in. Amen. That's all I have to say. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. All right. Um, I, I, the Lord is pressing on me uh, real quick um, that, uh, Conrad, the Lord is going to come to you in dreams, and I have to speak this out. The Lord is going to come to you in, in dreams, give you more revelation of the tabernacle itself. Um, there's some things that he wants to show you um, so that you can understand there's, there's way more depths that he wants to show you um, in, regarding, in regarding to the tabernacle itself and um, who you are. He's going to begin to show you who you are by showing you the tabernacle itself. And I just don't know why he keep repeating it over and over again, that it's, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to have dreams that's going to show you the tabernacle and show you yourself in the tabernacle and who you are. 
he just keep pressing on me. Ugh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. Any uh, other questions out there? Everyone's good? I'm good. Guys on the phone, you good? Amen. I'm good. All right. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go ahead and uh Sister Nadine, do you mind I ask you to pray us out? Okay. God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for all the revelations that we have received. We thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit continuing to teach us. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for just downloading, Lord God, your word into our heart, Lord God. And we pray, Father Jesus, that it will take root and bear fruits, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, that the enemy will not come to steal it out, Lord Jesus, but that, Lord God, that it will bear, and we will get a return, Lord Jesus. Yes. Father God, we thank you for everyone that could join today, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that we will not only be hearers of the word, but also doers in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray for those that didn't get to join, Lord God, that you will continue to just uh, cover them with your love, Lord God. Give them peace and joy in abundance, Lord Jesus. Yes. And we pray, Lord God, that you will keep us all, Lord God, Safety in journey, Lord God. Cover our minds, Lord God, and continue to lead us, Lord God, into all truth, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you. Yes, we love you guys. Thank you guys for taking the time out to come join us. We appreciate it. Love you guys. Love you guys. Go ahead. See you soon. And you live right in the back. Don't be a stranger before I leave here.